Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers. This is Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And my guest today, Steve Carell, who's worn maroon for me. Look mm-hmm. at you, looking so cheery. Look at that face. Mm-hmm. Because Very... this is the man everybody stops on the street and says, do the office. Do, do it. Do the office. And your trilogy of films this year. Yes. Taking us to the depths mm-hmm. of despair on so many levels. That's my plan. Yes, that's well, that's my plan when I meet people on the street, too. You just go? Yeah. You know, if they're excited to see me, I try to take them to the depths of despair. Depths of despair. That's it. Yeah. You did Beautiful Boy. Right. Amazing movie. Thanks. Totally despairing in so many ways, but not at the end. It's, it's a father helps his son. Yeah. You know? And then in Vice, uh, Donald Rumsfeld is one of the cheeriest people uh, we've ever had mm-hmm. as Secretary of Defense. Yeah. So you've done that. And now, Welcome to Marlin, which is about a hate crime right. that's happened. So is there an Anchorman uh, 3 coming up? Uh, probably not. <laughs> but, really? But I'd like to, you know, I'd like to do some, some more comedies, for sure. It's not, none of these choices have been based on, like, uh, like career, like, like any sort of... Um, master plan. It's just kind of what what came oh, about. Oh come next. on, truly, Steve no. And you know you what? You always have a master plan. I really don't. I really don't. Um, I just sort of luck out. Like the beautiful boy came about because I got a call from the producers that uh, you know David Chef's book was being made. They were making it into a movie, and they'd found this Belgian director, and so that sort of just fell into my lap. But it wasn't anything that I was pursuing. How do you say that director's name? Felix Groningen. Groningen. Yeah. Yo, that was nice. You added that. You have to kind of fake it toward fake the it. end. Yeah, you like that. you know you're you're pronouncing it right. Mm-hmm. You just it's a commitment. But were you as difficult with all of the people that you made these movies with as you customarily are? Mm-hmm. You know, because I make it tough on. Did him. you make fun of his name? Constantly, yeah, yeah, that. and that lightened the mood too, because it was a very dark <laughs> subject it was. matter. And so. Timothy Chalamet, you were annoyed with him. W- was I annoyed but, with him? Yeah, um, I can't even pretend to say that I was annoyed with him. Mm. He's such—I mean, I'm sure you've met him. Yeah. He's the nicest guy. You know what I love about him is that he uh, is enjoying it. He's really enjoying the moment. He's not—he's not so caught up in it that uh, he can't kind of understand where he is in mm. this specific moment in his career and it's it's fun to watch yeah well he's 12 years old or something you know? <laughs> he's just beginning yes he he's, he's 12 years all, old it's all starting you know oh. this is it but you a seasoned veteran mm-hmm. you should be able to show him the ropes as you can for anyone i, I you know what i didn't i i didn't need to teach him anything mm-hmm. i he's uh and i'm not like that either honestly i'm not like watch you know watch and learn he's uh He's really? Got, he's, he's got his I head. Why I would like that. I guess it sounds like you may have worked with someone who, who was like that? that way. No. You know what? You do glean stuff from people that you've worked with who you admire. Like working with Alan Arkin, mm-hmm. uh, he wasn't like a watch and learn kind of guy, but I did learn an awful lot from, Sunshine. from watching him. Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, I'm just, I was a big fan before I knew him and even more so now. But yeah, I mean, I think you, you do pick up things from some, well, some you people work that you work with. with. Now, look, at in Welcome to Marwin, you working with Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. This is, you know. It's a big deal. He's he is a, a kind of big a deal. Do you get nervous guy. about working with people uh, at all? I got nervous the first day working with Robert Zemeckis, I, for sure. Did you know, strike you? Everybody did. Every, you could feel it on the set. You know, he walked, walked on, hey, everybody. 
and you could feel the uh, admiration and and just the respect emanating from everybody, cast, crew. Uh, the, it, it was palpable. But once he starts, mm-hmm. he's very self-deprecating. It's he's just a he's just a guy, and he treats everybody with the same level of respect. So um, that that dissipated quickly. So you don't go fanboy on him and start asking questions about Back to the Future? A little bit. You know, you kind of want to know what, where he was, what he was doing. You know, I would try to intersperse it. I didn't try to lay that all on on the first day. But yeah, I mean, he's a remarkable career. Yeah. Truly. But this, and I'm leaving it to you to set that up. I saw the story of uh, Mark Hogan-Kemp in a documentary. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which was called Welcome to Marwin Call. Marwin Call, yeah. Right. But I won't even say why, you know. Yeah. But it's a true story that seems like it can't be true. Right. And yet it is. So set that up in the Steve Carell way. I was compelled by it because, and and I just stumbled upon it years later. It, It came out, I think, eight years ago. And I saw it maybe three years ago. I And I, I really didn't know anything about it. Uh, essentially, the story is about this guy named Mark Hogenkamp who lives in this little town who is attacked in a hate crime um, because he likes to wear women's heels. He mm-hmm. likes to wear high heels. And he, he, uh, he's attacked and essentially left for dead, doesn't have insurance. And in, in order to rehabilitate, in order to heal, he creates this one-sixth... Uh, scale miniature town in his backyard and populates it with all of the people in his life and with an alter ego of himself that he can tell these stories and sort of live vicariously through and uh, and he takes pictures of them so mm-hmm. it's 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 an art installation um, and it's a way for him to process a lot of the the pain that he goes through because he is a, he suffers post-traumatic stress, uh, a severe brain injury. He loses his motor skills, his ability to talk. So it's a long, long road back. And I just thought his story was so uh, imaginative and and inspiring. And he's he's such a good guy. I got to meet him and know him a little bit. And uh, I took a lot away from it. And so when I found out that Robert Zemeckis was looking mm-hmm. to make a feature film about it. I contacted him because I was really, really intrigued. Well, when you meet him, because what we see is that his memory is gone of what was happening in the past. Right. He was an illustrator yeah. who can't really draw anymore. Right. So he was starting to take pictures of that. Yeah, he, had to, start, it, he had to recreate what, what art was to him. How does his memory work now as he lives his life? into the present he's been getting more and more the the further along he's gotten the more he's recalling he emailed me last week and said that he's started to illustrate again because he's getting more of his motor skills back uh so it's been a long road but clearly what he's been doing has helped him and uh and the fact that he went through all of this and and suffered such a great deal but didn't lose his human spirit and was still kind and generous and not bitter, I think was a real testament. In terms of what Zemeckis does with this, is that he makes these puppets of what Mark is shooting, but yeah. we see them almost full life. So there's a puppet of you. Yeah. Do you have it? No. Oh. No. They locked him away in a vault somewhere. That, uh, 
there they are. They won't even let you touch them, will they? Only on camera was I able to touch them. But I think you're Captain Hoagie, right? So you lo you looked cool. I did look really you cool. You really did. Yeah. Well, the puppet is the alter ego. The you know the yeah. this figure um, that you know Mark the, this character creates is this very heroic alter ego of himself, and through that alter ego, he's able to feel powerful. And, and he's surrounded by these really powerful women who are alter egos of all of his female friends and really. Five of them. Yeah. yeah. And so there, um, you know, there's, a, there's a lot to be said about uh, female empowerment in this movie too. He, the women in Mark's life are by far the most important people to him and the people that he trusts the most. Um, but yeah, these figures are, are remarkable. And the way that Robert Zemeckis goes from the live action into this doll world that start with dolls that you know you would you would see or play with um and in his case you know turn into this these beautiful photographs and robert zemeckis just thought in order to turn this into a feature let's bring that doll world to life let's string together all of the narrative all the stories between mark's pictures because mm -hmm. um, that's something if he had the resources it's something that he would do himself did you have to do that motion capture? Was yeah. that what was going on? Yeah. yeah. It's like now he's calling it enhanced, advanced uh, performance capture. I think that's the, 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 the term now. You know, I, I know you know the drill. It's, it's these jumpsuits and you have sensors yeah. on them. Little things in your Things on your yeah, face. And they see. actually, uh, they, they film your face on all of your expressions. And then they process it through all of these computers and they transpose it all onto this this doll figure so it's it's essentially you it's your performance you know transposed onto this this gi joe type you are just wearing a lot of hats you're playing a lot of roles this time yeah in vice with adam mckay who was just here the other day he said um there was something in Rumsfeld that you found that even he couldn't find. We don't think of you immediately to play Donald Rumsfeld. Well, I didn't either. And, and so I started doing some investigating. And obviously, you watch all the tape and you read all the things that you can. And it's always a, it's always a guessing game to try to figure out who that person might have been behind closed doors. So be, best educated guess mm -hmm. after all the research. But his public persona was uh, kind of cheerful kind of homespun and uh, ingratiating and, and uh, but you knew there was that other side of him yeah. that was incredibly uh, powerful and not to be messed with and I, I thought that was an interesting thing to look into performance wise to see the behind the scenes to see the you know because you see him in a, in a more public aspect as well mm -hmm. and that that cheerful grinning almost Cheshire Cat uh, quality to him. You haven't met him? I haven't met him, no. No, no nobody's getting to meet anybody they're playing in. They're a very secretive bunch, so <laughs> I'm not, I, I doubt, yeah, I, I doubt that would ever happen. I doubt we'll even know if any of them seen, have seen the movie. That's the interesting thing about all of these people, is that all the three performances I've mentioned are real people. Yeah, they were. Yeah. They were all, they all exist in the world. And that's the tough thing to play if you're doing it, because you're, you got to deal with the fact that they're real, yeah, and then find your own way into it, right? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> There's, and I know people have said this to you before, but there is an added responsibility when you're playing somebody real. It's I would think it's so, yeah, it, especially it, somebody like Mark. 
for sure. Yeah. And the fact that I've gotten to know him and become friends with him even um, adds to that as well. Uh, yeah, it's it's different in the sense that it's just not all left to your imagination. There are hard facts that you have to go by and 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 try to understand the essence of who that person is. It's not it's it's not left so much up to you to create uh, whatever sort of character you you see it as. Um, but at the same time, you have source material, which is mm-hmm. helpful. You know, I could read a lot about Rumsfeld. I could visit Mark Hogan camp and and see his world and try to understand even a little bit what he had gone through and how mm-hmm. he was coping, how he's, he was using this magical world. Because um, it's it's interesting in terms of a, uh, of a guy like that who is incidentally very self-deprecating and can understand how people could see that this is an oddity. He, he thinks it's kind of funny. He knows that it seems kind of weird, mm-hmm. that his world, this thing that is created, he knows it seems a little weird. And... And as you watch, you know, I watched the documentary and, and with any luck, people watching the film, it does seem odd as you're approaching it. But once you get into the story and see how this is helping him and see the, um, you know, the, the root of, uh, you know, the, the joyfulness and the hope that it is instilling in him, it doesn't seem that odd anymore. Mm-hmm. At least it didn't to me. It, it feels relatable and it is relatable even the joy is relatable but so is the fear the fear of going to court yeah to do that yeah does anything scare you steve does anything scare me oh yeah plenty of things scare me snakes i don't snakes you haven't worked with any snakes yeah have i worked with this i bet i have i think i've i'm i'm sure i've been don't remember i well i did this movie called Evan Almighty and I was around a lot oh, animals. of animals. That's right. There might have been some snakes <clears throat> involved there. Um, I, I, I almost attacked by uh, a monkey um, on that because I was trying to improvise with, with the monkey. With a monkey mm-hmm. who uh, didn't want to improvise. He didn't know we were improvising. And What's wrong with them? Boy, he was not a, not a good scene doesn't partner. Doesn't sound like a because I did something like, "Hey, man, <laughs> give me that!" Like we were supposed mm-hmm. to be drinking. I said, "Give me that!" And he went, "Yeah!" and just <laughs> scared the. Yeah. He he did not. I thought, "Oh, that's right. I'm not improvising mm-hmm. with a human being. Mm-hmm. This no. is a wild animal, <laughs> who would you know claw my eyes out if given the chance." <laughs> like I went. <laughs> Was he equity? You know, <laughs> he was. He was sag. He was sag after, and yeah. he had a way bigger trailer than I did. So, <laughs> well, that's what puts it there. So, there are no more mountains for you to climb. You've pretty much done everything except play Orson Well. This is the what last is stop for me. <laughs> Everybody, even when you were on, even though you were on SNL, you dealt with all these people that want you to be Michael Scott. They always say, "Go back to the office," as yeah. if. The office was still on, but you're just not on it. Right. You know, but they need to be told it's not on. It's not on. Not on. It is on. You can watch it, but it's not being made right. Are now. you going to do a version of it? Uh, is a movie Definitely. version of it? Oh, good. I want that because Let's that's r- new. This is your scoop. <clears throat> I want that. So there'll be a movie version, <laughs> but you won't. You'll play Krasinski's part. It's. You yes, know what? That would be the best. This is what I think we should do. Mm-hmm. I think the office should come back, but we should do it as Cheers. We just <laughs> just take take a different take a different show Put them from the archives. In the office cast, and I'm you know I'm Norm or somebody you know. <laughs> in the world we live in, that isn't that bizarre an idea. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no. some, 
Someone who watches and pick up on that and say, guess what's happening? <laughs> that will, I guarantee Carell you. and the office cast are doing cheating. That will be picked up as that's legitimate what's going news. To I guarantee yes, it. That's perfect. So I want you to do a musical. Okay. Because I think, I heard that in Vice, you had a musical number with mm-hmm. Christian Bale and Adam McKay cruelly cut it. I guess it, yeah, it just wasn't help. It was a, it was a big, was big it? chunk. It's a big... Uh, Adam McKay could describe it a lot better mm-hmm. than I could, but it, it continues with uh, Rumsfeld showing Cheney the ropes, and we're surrounded by a whole... We don't actually sing or dance in it, but it was surrounded by a whole... Oh, it was things that were happening. ...happening around Well, us, then yeah. what we need to do now is song. Okay. We end in song, and you can have a song that's in your head. I mean, your Taylor Swift, uh, Shake It Off, was it went beyond viral. Yeah. So there's a responsibility always to not only match that but top it. I can't top that. Do you do Cardi B? No. <laughs> no, I want. You know what? I just I th- on the way in, I thought, oh, I should sing a song, and yeah, it should, should. I think it should be a Christmas song, but mm-hmm. I think you need to help me. I'll help you at any way that it's I can. It's sort of a call and response. Yeah. Are you familiar with the song Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? I am. I know. Well, it. as I point to you, I'd like you to. Yeah, I mean, I think you'll know what to do. Okay, ready? Okay. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny. No, no, no. You repeat reindeer, so, I and repeat then I come back reindeer? and say, "It's like a call and response." All right, I'll do. Ready? It. <clears throat> wow. Wow. Okay. This guy's hard to work. <laughs> Rudolph like the, the red-nosed reindeer. Reindeer <laughs> had a very shiny nose. Nose. That's <laughs> great. And if you ever saw it, it. <laughs> Close enough. This is so you bad. Would, you would even say it close. Close. <laughs> All of the other reindeer. Reindeer. I used, used to laugh and call before. him names. Names. <laughs> they never names. let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer games. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Now, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you? Guide my sleigh Stay tonight. tonight. Okay. Then all the reindeer loved him. Him. <laughs> and they shouted out with glee. Glee! Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, you'll go down. In big his, fist in, in his story. story. That was just, just awful. Yeah. You know, so no wonder that number was cut from Vice. Yeah. Anyway, Steve, we, we, we wish you. Now I go back to my resting face. Look at it. Just, just a close-up of that. That's going to be my Christmas card. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 we'll do that. Thanks. Good to see you.